All right, testing, testing, one, two, three. Good morning, Techie Wanderer. I know you have work in like 30 minutes, but not getting out of bed is feeling a bit underrated right now. So when in doubt, hit the snooze button. You know who you are. Mike's on. Oh, shit. Uh, welcome to I'm this week's totally podcast. Are you? <laughs> uh, so yeah. this week we have... Uh, suffering the consequences. We have, we have Jessica Angel... <laughs> Uh, a local artist that uh, I met at the Bushwick Generator at an art show was really, really impressed with her work and uh, and her cause. And um, without further ado, we're going to let you in on this short and sweet episode. Yeah, without Omar, though, Omar, Omar yeah. is, is gone, you know, missing, likely. Uh, yeah, he's in, he's in Boston right now, but the show must go on. Uh, Probably know, celebrating the Patriots' victory. Yeah, obviously. All right, well... Without further ado, let's do it. All right, welcome, Jessica Angel. Um, You are our first ever artist on this podcast we are honored to have you thank you guys for having me this is exciting let's see what how art can can contribute to this conversation right yeah absolutely um so i first saw you at the bushwick generator and it was this uh theme party for this meme called pepe Mm -hmm. and um it is a very uh well embraced like one of the one of the more popular memes in the in the, in the crypto industry mm-hmm. and there was this dj there were there were presentations and and uh you had my favorite uh exhibit you were live painting pepe and i was completely enamored by it <laughs> uh how did how did you uh how did you um end up uh becoming a part of that event um, I was just invited by um, Eleonora Britzi and uh, Lewis Parker, who together put the event together right after they released their The Rarest Book, which is this compilation of uh, over 1,000 something um, tokenized mm-hmm. Pepe's. And uh, yeah, I was just there to support the community and see what was up. You know, I also live really close and to Bushwick so I was like didn't want didn't want to miss it and then I ended up painting that just out of the blue it's not that I had a plan to be painting that they just had a bunch of materials and uh, color pencils and stuff and Lewis was like well you are a painter why don't you just paint the Pepe I was like okay I'll get it started and uh, I started using the wine glass that I had as the medium because I just like put a bunch of paint together and they're like, okay, let's paint the Pepe. And then I just started. Wine makes a very good medium. For yeah, right? Activity. <laughs> so we ended up, I ended up painting this drunk Pepe. <laughs> uh, that, it was awesome. That we you called, seemed to, to really capture the soul of the guy. To, to, we, we, we called it pa- Bacchus Pepe, which is the uh, mm. god of wine. Nice. You, you, merged, you merged both technologies, new and old, together. Um, can you share a bit about how you got involved, uh, at all in, in like blockchain and, and the philosophy behind it? Oh yeah. 
So in late 2017, I was approached by Truebit, which is a project that is doing layer two scalability. And they were working on the Doge Ethereum bridge uh, project. Like they were just going after this bounty that was put out um, by the Dogecoin and Ethereum community. They partnered with a group of other freelance um, developers and another company to uh, go after this bounty. Trubit was doing the verification layer, which was like just a segment of the construction of the bridge. And with this bounty, the section of the bounty they collected, they wanted to bring it back to the community in the form of art, which is a very generous, mm. I think, endeavor. So um, I met them because they had seen my work before, which is uh, it takes over walls and floors and ceilings. And it's like these immersive environments using um, adhesive vinyl and tape and wallpaper. Uh, and these environments are mostly representing the sort of world of data. Like if you could go sightseeing in data spaces, like what would it look like? Something like that. So because I do this kind of work, Trubit, who had seen it, they thought, oh, this artist would be perfect for us to create a visual manifestation of the software bridge in the blockchain space. So that was my first approach to blockchain. I already knew about the technology, but I was a little bit afraid of it because it is uh, intimidating mm -hmm. and a little bit hard to understand. So it was really great to be able to dive in to the, to the blockchain world as an artist who's being commissioned an artwork that is inspired by it. So that's how I learned about it. And I started developing this proposal uh, for the Doge Ethereum bridge with the uh, Trubit community. So a lot of the ideas kind of come from a back and forth on their Slack channel and sharing materials and like hearing what was resonating within the community and what was not. So I consider that work as a, some sort of like collaboration with Trubit. Now, um, I met the, the people from the Rare uh, AF Festival because they invited me to speak about this project there. And that is actually the first time I heard about Pepe because they had a really big sort of presence in this event that, was, that took place in January 2018. And uh, that's how I got, got connected with the Pepe community, which I was massively uh, impressed by because I joined their Slack channel and people were so nice and generous. They were so friendly. Uh, they just like walked me through how to have an NFT, how to, how to buy, how to sell. Mm. I, I, like, I actually have never bought a Pepe. Unfortunately, I should be buying it now. <laughs> but uh, it was my first wallet, a Pepe wallet. It's my first wallet. It's like something you won't forget. That's, right? that's really awesome. Uh, so, uh, and for the listeners yeah. out there, NFT stands for non-fungible token. So, and it, that's right. So non-fungible token means, you know, it's, it's not just like, you can't trade it one for one necessarily for, for anything. It's its, its own very unique uh, property. Right. And, it, and, and non-fungible means also indivisible, mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of, it's a concept that comes from, you know, economics. It's, it's not just for crypto that are not tokens, non-fungible, like any, any asset. You can, you could say it's fungible or non-fungible. So it is a little bit of a weird word. And that's why it's, it's hard for people who, for example, an artist who just comes to this world 
from the art world and just like comes and sees all these all this lingo like non-fungible erc20 erc21 and like all these crazy words it's like that's why i'm saying that it can be intimidating uh so yeah there's a couple people actually that i've worked with in order to make this easier and that's precisely what the goal for this uh my connection to the blockchain space as an artist is just to make blockchain and more accessible and more digestible using you know beauty or using um high impact things that are attractive that kind of break that barrier of uh you know that coldness of the language and the technology can you talk a little bit about your like artist background before you got into blockchain and stuff like what kind of works you were doing and you know what inspired you and then you know, you can talk about, like, how your life has changed since then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk about that. <laughs> um, so uh, I come from a drawing and painting background. I am from South America. I'm from Bogota, from Colombia. And uh, I was born and raised there. I went to art school there. And uh, I started creating these uh, installation spaces uh, around 2005 when I was exploring the concept of um, information as the sort of the core of how we perceive the world in different eras. And it has to do a little bit with a research on uh, philosophy a little bit, like Michel Foucault, who uh, sort of describes different, different eras as different packages where there's an absolute truth that is immutable depending on the set of rules of that era. So the concept of truth is also really tied into, into that idea of the information layers that build society at a certain moment in time. So uh, I was trying to um, represent with these pieces our time where our truth is according to the set of informational um, instructions that we are taught. So it has to do with like mo modernism and like after the industrial revolution is like where this new form of thought that where we are in this kind of package of our truth that is pretty much based on uh, the concept of the state is. So the modern state. So um, I started working with magazines and newspapers and uh, uh, documents like uh, legal documents, uh, like even fiat, like paper money, how this uh, written text becomes um, what legitimizes the truth or what we believe. So um, that was kind of the started, starting point that's taken me now to tie that sort of research into how blockchain is so important to this idea of building that new layer that is coming, new informational layer, and that sort of immutability of this new layer of the new way of thought. So um, right now, we I believe we live still in the time of Hegel and Kant and the Industrial Revolution of almost the uh, illustration. I don't know, that's how you call it in Spanish, the time of alignment, right? Uh, where the human sciences are dominating. Uh, right now, we are going to have a big shift towards, um, I think, a new way of thought where, you know, like the education that we get in school, almost like you, you, you're taught in math 
things that are not even relevant anymore like you don't get taught like emc square from a kid when you're a kid when you should so i think there's going to be a big change in how this happens but it will be very slow because this whole blockchain uh let's say revolution which is a huge change in dynamics let's say from centralization to decentralization uh that's not something that is going to happen in like the snap of a finger it's something that will um need to be digested through maybe a couple of generations to actually be that be that decentralized like when you think about decentralization and from this perspective of information as the core of how we perceive the world there's there's a whole process for it to to actually be digested by society i think but you know that's why i find it interesting very interesting uh so yeah i was coming from there more more like philosophy and then i just started creating these crazy installations that were going bigger mm-hmm. what do, yeah what do people think about um like like friends or family like what do they say about this the work that you're doing and stuff what do they think about it um i think people people's reaction is generally positive uh people are excited so because i am focusing on the work to be uh primarily um experiential and like visually very impactful like high impact work i think it applies for all all sorts of people because it's like an immediate uh experience like oh this is really hitting me in my eyes which is like what i'm trying to do is just remove that barrier of ment uh cerebral understanding of something and make it more of a sensorial experience so i get a lot of good responses from friends and people whether they understand or not what i'm trying to say it's like oh wow this is cool you know so trying to combine those things i guess like uh visual impact and uh conceptual uh content Listen, I know that you have to go because uh, you're, you're traveling uh, today, but I wanted, um, if you could answer this question, um, if, you were, if you got to speak to all of the artists who heard about um, blockchain and weren't sure what it's really about, um, what would you say to them as an artist, from artist to artist? Well, I think there's a, a different different flow of different kinds of artists coming into the blockchain space. So I would have to say like a few things to to the different sort of uh, directions that this may be taking. Uh, <clears throat> not all artists do the same kind of work, of course. Mm, but all artists may uh, benefit from the blockchain uh, sort of way of tokenizing art and this this is an interesting path for for artists to explore like how they can uh understand ownership for example of, of digital digital art in a way that was never thought before for example a meme or just a photograph or whatever you can reproduce digit digitally um massively and be like how can i actually be the owner of this image that it's just replicated all over the internet That's a really interesting concept and I think it applies for uh, digital artists. But I think um, artists who are making paintings or artists who are making installation pieces like me, 
what would be the benefit of uh, working with blockchain or being related in some way to blockchain? And there's, a, I think, a, a little bit of a discussion happening. We have this Telegram group that keeps really active. And a lot of people tend to say that the, it, the digital, uh, I'm sorry, the physical pieces connected, tokenized to the blockchain, that, that doesn't make any sense. That, that's kind of ridiculous. You know, like there's like mixed feelings about the tokenization of physical assets. Um, I do think it's it's nice to explore those things, uh, those sort of uh, tangents for you to actually be able to follow the provenance of your piece and follow for how much it was sold, um, you know, after you don't have your artwork anymore. So there's different platforms. The Codex Protocol, for example, is a, is a really cool one. Like it works for you can you can upload your digital asset and follow the provenance of your work, follow how much it's being sold over and over in time. Um, that's really cool. Now, there is another way that artists can play with blockchain that I'm also really interested in, and it has to do more with people interest, interested in the intersection between technology and art and how you can make um, kind of um, experiments, you know, with blockchain, how can you visualize how this is happening using Arduinos, Raspberry Pis, hardware, and visualize data and create compositions that are just entirely dictated by what's happening on a ledger, let's say. Uh, so um, yeah, so there's like many different things. What I just said is kind of like just three basic ones, like for digital art and the tokenization of digital art, uh, for artists who are doing physical work to be able to track provenance and see what how much it's being sold for and like follow, follow tr the tracks of your work, which you never do. Like I've sold art that I'm like, hmm, I have no idea who has it or where it is. Or So that would be cool to be able to track that. And three, uh, to, to be able to play with the technology and like make experiments between these forms that are, may seem dissimilar, but like once you put them together, then you can create these crazy things. And actually we're going to eat them for, this weekend and we're going to have a whole space that it's we're calling the maker space we're going to have workshops and shows and like all these awesome things music and uh one of the main um the main focuses of this maker space uh is to bring together uh artists with developers and with hardware developers and just to to how can we visualize all the data in the blockchain and just make make fun things with it so that's I find that really cool and interesting. That is really cool. I, I really thank you for taking the time, mm -hmm. Jessica. Um, so where yeah. where can our listeners follow you and all your works in the Telegram group? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find the Telegram uh, group. It's called Art Pro hashtag Art Project Decentralized. This initiative started from the Doja Theorem Bridge but it's turning into a larger community that it also has its own, um, I don't know, identity, I think. It's like really agnostic space and I like it because like there's people from different communities that live in peace <laughs> there. And um, so yes, Art Project Decentralized, uh, you can find it on Telegram. You can find me uh, like, as Jessica Angel on uh, Twitter as J underscore Angel underscore uh, Studio. So you'll see there more like 
stuff about the, the, the philosophy that I was telling you about. It's not necessarily just blockchain. If you're only interested in blockchain and art, then you can follow CryptoArtsy on, um, on Twitter. All right, great. Thank you so much, Jessica. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jessica. This was, this was yeah. a short and sweet <laughs> yes. and really like jam-packed <laughs> with dope content episode. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, and I'm happy to tell you more about, for example, the results at ETH Denver or the new things happening with the Art Project Decentralized Community because we have support from uh, Truebit, uh, financial support from Truebit and the Codex Protocol as well. So we'll be able to continue playing a little more. So there, there'll be stuff happening in the near future. Great. Awesome. We'll have you on for sure. Yeah. yeah. We'll need an update. <laughs> exactly. All right. And catch us on the next episode of Top of the Block Podcast. Peace. See you later. Thank you, Jessica.